We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for May 11th, 2014. And uh, today we have quite a study to cover, uh, quite a bit of material. I actually wanted to get this going about four hours ago, and then I've learned more regarding different things I'm going to be reporting on today, and had to take another four hours to edit in <laughs> way more stuff. Uh, I think the finished product, though, hopefully will... Well, it's going to be quite interesting, quite nauseating at the same time. Um, quite doom and gloom. But the Lord Jesus Christ is on the throne, and that's what we need to remember as born-again Bible-believing Christians. Uh, a few things just I have here. Some listeners sent me some images um, <clears throat> over the last couple weeks, and one of them is a uh, kind of a picture, and it says, It's easy to stand with the crowd. It takes courage to stand alone. And that's something that increasingly and increasingly and increasingly we are going to have to get used to that notion. Not to say that God can't put other people around you, but even those other people he puts around you in a remnant-like format is going to be less and less and less of a percentage of the population at whole. And you, you find yourself feeling like you're fighting humanity in general on an everyday basis or dealing with the wickedness of humanity increasingly. It's just totally overwhelming anymore for me to even I mean the stuff we're covering here today um, <clears throat> I go and I check my um, news from the, the town I was from in Fort Myers, Florida I mean I lived there for like 30 years I check it almost daily and I cannot believe what a unbelievable cesspit that place is turning into and granted, I mean, up here in North Carolina, I'm not saying it's perfect. And maybe things are more suppressed up here. I don't know. But in the local news there, it's like, some days I go up there and check, and it's one story after another about some other child porn pornographer busted, having it either on his computer, making it, molesting some child, molesting some woman. This guy the other day was going from, like, door to door, m trying to molest women, and one he brought a thing of bleach and poured it all over, and then tried to molest her. I mean, just sick, disgusting, depraved stuff everywhere you turn. And I mean, it's multiple stories every day, just on this one site for this one local area in Fort Myers, Florida. It's just overwhelming to try to deal with this. Um, and then there's a picture of tracks, and it says, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Matthew 9, 37. And it's good to, you know, try to go out whenever you go out and, and you know, have a good gospel tract. And just to put those out. You can put them in gas pumps. You can leave them as tips. If you go out and eat, there's so many different ways that you can do that. And, you know, that's one of the ways that we can... Uh, try to fight, and you never know who's going to pick up that track. You never know who might get saved as a result of, or even the sin you may prevent as a result of a person reading that track. I think that's why the Bible says that charity covereth a multitude of sins. It's not like it's covering it like the blood of Jesus Christ, but I believe that sin that might have happened as a result of you doing something either good 
or righteous, or let's say putting out a tract, there's many ways that can happen, prevented sin from happening that would have otherwise happened. So that's something to think about. Um, Proverbs 11.30 says, The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. So, as a righteous person, we want to be like a tree of life. We want to give out life, things that promote life. Now, that typically means, though, in some way, shape, or form, exposing evil, reproving the unfruitful works of darkness, because if you just try to shove them under the doormat, all it's going to do is fester and get worse. And this is what I try to do with all my, my teachings as a watchman. I know not everybody's called to do what I do, but in some instances we are as far as being a, trying to warn other people. There's another Bible verse that says, The fruit of the righteous tendeth to life. So that's another thing to think about. Whatever you're doing, whatever you're engaged in on daily, including your job, you know, I mean, ideally your job should be something that's not <laughs> tending to evil, like going out and being a bartender or something like that, getting people drunk, you know, uh, stuff like that. I mean, you, you have to kind of evaluate yourself. You know, if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged, the Bible says. So, that's something to think about. Um, and then then it says, So the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. So that's the ultimate thing that you can do in this life, is to win souls. Whether that's witnessing face-to-face, whether it's, well, in, in combination with putting out tracks and, and the different various ways that you can witness. Uh, we've had a ton of people saved uh, as a result of the salvation message that, that I did. It's at the top of the website at contendingfortruth.com. I don't put out all the comments. I mean, I've had so many comments over the years, positive ones. I've got a document in my um, possession that I don't know if I've ever, ever even mentioned this. And this is just a fraction of the comments that I've ever gotten. Almost all of the ones on Sermon Audio that were actually ever posted um, uh, when I was there for that, I don't know how many years that was, three, four years maybe, I didn't last any longer. I finally got uh, kicked off because they couldn't handle the level of, I don't know, truth that I got into. I knew I was eventually going to step on the toes of, of a lot of the preachers, that, particularly on the 501c3 issue. That's what really, you know, got me kicked out of there. But this this particular document I've got, which is just a fraction of the current comments I've got, in a lot of the ones that were posted on Sermon Audio, I mean, it's at an 11 point font, and it's, I'm just saying, 240 pages. So, you know, we get way, way, way more, more positive. I deal with people on an everyday basis regarding battling stuff, negative stuff, but still, for the most part, if you look back over the years, it's, it's been uh, positive, and, and I, I thank God for them, uh, for the people that have done that. Anyway, so let's get into the first report here. Um, <laughs> I got this sent to me this week by listener uh, Alex, and it's entitled Sick Sick Eurovision 2014. Now, 
my title for this, is who is that he-she creature invoking? Australian transvestite, bearded lady, drag queen act, Conchita Wurst, sporting high heels, butterfly eyelashes, and a full beard, has been crowned the winner of the 59th annual Eurovision Song Contest held in Denmark's capital, Copenhagen. I thought this was a joke when I first saw it. I'm not going to play these songs. I give you the links that he sent me. I, I, I'm just speechless. I'm going to give my comments more toward the end. I'm going to get through this information, then I'm going to kind of give my comments on the whole thing. Um, there's a couple videos. One of the video of the song where this little spindly bearded woman drag queen is like doing all of this seductive garbage in this video, like in a bathtub with like rose petals and garbage and, and, and being really seductive and, oh, the dude's got a beard, okay? And a tight beard, I might add, a really, really nice, I couldn't grow one that good, there's no way. I admit it. There's no way I could grow one that good. This guy, it, I, I don't even understand anymore what is motivating this sick, twisted, perverted world. <laughs> you almost have to see it to believe it, if you haven't. And then the second link is to the actual Eurovision performance that he just won. And I'm telling you, it looks... I wouldn't be surprised if there was 100,000 people in this audience. This is a really big deal, evidently. I didn't really know about it. It's a really big deal. It's been going on for decades and decades. I think since World War II. To try to unite all of the, the countries after World War II. I just read a little bit about it. You can read the lyrics to this song, Rise Like a Phoenix. And then you can actually see an interview with this really, 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 really effeminate drag queen who is just googly-eyed at every man that asks a question of he, she, it. And all of this praise that's being heaped upon this abomination. I physically get ill when I watch the interviews or the song. I, I start to get ill. I'm, I'm sorry, I just do. I, I don't understand it. Um, so anyway... He was uh, crowned the winner of the 59th annual Eurovision Song Contest held in Denmark, Copenhagen, which is one of the most Denmark, um, the Netherlands, those, those, particularly those European countries in there, some of the most wicked, evil, perverse things. I mean, we're talking ground zero for probably evil on the planet. Now, I understand probably the USA imports more evil. The, the majority of pornography in the planet comes out of you know, Vegas to the San Bernardino Valley area. They're that type of stuff. It, so I'm not saying they have a corner on the market on evil, but as far as what they do, what is built into their law system, 
with the euthanasia of the older people, with the wanting to be able to kill little children in, 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 if they're not wanted, uh, from the red light districts where most of them are guys that are dressed up like women, which would totally fit into this mold here that you, you run into, uh, with the hashish bars and the hair, places you can go to get heroin right legally on the street. I mean, that, it's just kind of unprecedented of probably any place on earth. Maybe there's other spots, but that's one of the ground zero places for wickedness on the planet. So the singer, whose real name is Tom Newworth, 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 Tom Newworth, won the song with the song Rise Like a Phoenix. We'll get into that later. Collecting 290 points. I mean, it was a landslide victory for this transvestite abomination. Now, you may want to put the children out of the room right now for a second. I just found this out right before I was going to uh, do this audio. So you may want to put the children out for a second. It's not like I'm going to cuss, but... uh, Or pause the video right now. His name that he's taken, Conchita Worth. Now, I found this out almost by accident, right before I was going to start the study. Conchita is a Spanish slang term for little vagina, except it's not vagina. It's the worst word you could think of for the female anatomy. Okay, I'm not going to say anything more than that. And then her last name, it's his last name, sorry. In German, worst. Now, this is all done by design. This is all done on purpose. Okay. His last name in German, worst, means sausage. So it's little vagina sausage is the full, the full meaning of the name of this transvestite abomination drag queen. Not too sick, you know, not too perverse, or having your mind darkened, or evil, I mean, hey, come on, I'm just a homophobe, what do I know, you know? So, okay, the, we can, um, just, oh, that's all I'm going to say about that. Collecting his or her trophy on stage, the singer said, quote, this night is dedicated to everyone who believes in the future of peace and freedom, freedom to be a debauched devil. Freedom to impose your belief systems on humanity as a whole, just like they were doing in Sodom and Gomorrah. You know what? I don't think Lot and his family had a lot of freedom in Sodom and Gomorrah, though, when all the queers and the devils and these perverts took over. They didn't have a lot of freedom in that environment. Because the homosexuals, the perverts, the bisexuals, the transsexuals had taken over to the point So much so that there was no more freedom. It was only rule by mob. And we're going to read those verses. This is where it's all heading is what I'm, the point I'm trying to make with this sick, twisted, perverted world we live in. Their version of peace and freedom is shoving it down your throat with both feet. And if you don't like it, we'll cut your head off. We'll kill you. We'll rape you. We'll do whatever we want to you because you're a homophobe bigot. And we know best because we contribute so much to society. And I'm going to get into that as well. Then it says, you know who you are. This is after 
Mr. Worst said that it's dedicated to everyone who believes in the uh, future of peace and freedom. You know who you are. Oh, all the queers and all the people that support the queers, I guess. Okay, that's not an, that's not a cuss word either. Queer. Okay, they call themselves that. I mean, there was a, there was a show called Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. You know, because they're such good dressers. Anyway, so of course I'm sorry, but I see the way gay guys dress, and I'm sorry, I'm not impressed. Sorry, sorry, not impressed. I'm not going to be wearing, like, Oxford, pink Oxford sweaters around my neck or whatever else, skinny jeans and all this other garbage they dress in. So, anyway. So, it says, you know who you are. We are unity. We are unstoppable. No, you're not unstoppable, devil. You're going to be stopped the moment you plunge into hell and then the lake of fire for eternity. You and all, your devil ilk. Because that day's coming. Whether you kill me first or whatever your agenda is, that day's coming. Now, I'm not saying that there's not been any people that are gay that have never got saved. I'm going to get into that as well. And I don't want them to go to hell. Okay? I wish they would repent. But of all classes of people, that is probably the most unlikely class that will ever get saved, according to the Bible. I'm not saying it couldn't happen. I believe there's instances of it happening. Some would say, no, I don't believe it. Well, I know, but there's like a lot of people that have actually come out of the lifestyle and are now married now and are Christians and are vocal about it. Okay, so I'm not saying that either. I'm trying to have balance here with the subject. But I'm talking about in general, that is not going to happen in mass. As it was in the days of Lot, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Okay, what was going on Lot's day? Sodom and Gomorrah. Okay, we're in the end times, we're on the cusp of going into the tribulation, and that, you're dealing with the coming of the Son of Man, and so we should be expecting this to happen. So, he's saying, we are unity and we are unstoppable. I beg to differ. Worst is now set to make $40 million as a result of this win. Now, this is all lead stories on the Drudge Report right now. These are the lead stories. So this isn't some little thing, you know, page 14 in the back of the lifestyle section. Okay, this is the lead story on Drudge, which is arguably the... And, and he's also got as the other lead story, the next thing we're getting into, which was the gay NFL player that was just drafted. Why he's... Why he's wanting to highlight this garbage, I don't know. It almost looks like he's for it. I don't know. Maybe he is. Maybe he isn't. I don't know. But, anyway. So, going further, and I say that because of the way he's wording things in the verbiage. It's, it's making me very think that he's very much for this. Anyway. Let's go further here. Sorry, I'm just kind of bringing things... Okay, so, the next report is Conchita Worse Eurovision win slammed by the Russians as politician brands at the end of Europe. Okay, so this is an international event now. This is, an inter- this is causing an international controversy. Now, you could say, yeah, well, who cares what the Russians say? Yeah, you know what? The Russians are on the verge of invading Ukraine. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. This all kind of, a lot of what we're getting into today, 
and hopefully what I do on a week-to-week basis kind of ties together. And um, we're going to see how that all relates to one another. <coughs> Excuse me. Okay, so. Conchita Wurst's Eurovision win has been branded, quote, the end of Europe by Russian politician Vladimir Zivernokovsky. There is no limit to our outrage, he said. It has turned wild. There are no more men or women in Europe. Just it. Wow. Wow. Now, I'm not going to go that far and say there's none. That would be like saying there's no, there's no remnant, there's no born-again Bible-believing Christians over there. There's not one. No, I'm not going to say that. But, pretty bold statement. And for the most part, uh, turning more by the day true, what he's saying here. After last night's 2014 song contest in Copenhagen, Russian state television broadcast a debate on, really, his victory. As politicians and celebrities launched a huge verbal... Th- I don't know if this dude's had the surgery. I don't know. I didn't really see anything that indicated that. Uh, I don't really know. But, wouldn't surprise me, that's for sure. Uh, but then again, being able to grow a nice, full beard on a woman, you know, that's, uh, if you had the surgery, that'd be a lot harder to do. So, I don't know, it's a real paradox. Anyway, not anything I have to know either. So, let's go further here. Um, so there, the, the, the politicians, the celebrities in Russia are launching a huge verbal attack. Elsewhere, President Vladimir Putin's vice premier, Dmitry Rogozin, issued a scathing tweet claiming that the Eurovision result, quote, showed supporters of the European integration their European future, which is a bearded girl. In the report, which is pretty true, in the report, uh, in the report entitled Conchita Worst, How Eurovision's 2014's bearded drag queen pervert, reviled by Russia, became the toast of Europe. We read, Worth um, has also been accused of creating a hotbed of sodomy, quote, a hotbed of sodomy at Eurovision by Russian protesters. I mean, can you imagine how much something like this is going to empower the lesbian, bisexual, gay, transgendered community. The more, quote, wins they get like this, the stronger and and more emboldened devils like this become because they're more and more accepted by society. They're being praised and lauded and upheld at a much higher standard, uh, at a much higher rate than anybody who's straight, heterosexual. We're going to look at that next with this whole thing about this gay devil that just came out uh, not not too recently. Now he just got drafted on an NFL team. Openly gay guy. Black guy. Who has a white lover, which is... Yeah, okay. So anyway, not being prejudiced, I'm just saying it's all so disturbing on so many levels. You know what I mean? All of this. Every bit of what I'm talking about here. I mean, hey, if it's evil, let's celebrate it. Let's go further here. Um, so, going further, he's creating a hotbed of sodomy at Eurovision. While Milanov, the politician who was instrumental in passing Russia's anti-gay propaganda law, accused 
Miss Miss Worth of being a pervert. Miss Worst, I'm sorry. Worst. Of being a pervert. And of turning the competition into the Sodom, quote, Sodom show. Well, it's true. Very true. I mean, anyway, I'll get in that in a second. Russia's entry, the Tolum, Tolmachevi sisters, were greeted by loud boos from those in the venue with many of the onlookers waving rainbow flags. So they're gay, they're waving... They don't like no Russians because the Russians are, are anti-gay. The, ten, the tension then reached a boiling point during the results announcement, which saw Russia receive further boos and every point with every point received. Now, you have to understand, we're going to be getting into this. Bear this report in mind when we get into later in this study the thing about Russia invading Ukraine and then potentially being set up to invade all of Europe. Russia does not like Europe. Russia does not like what Europe stands for. This is going to further embolden Vladimir Putin in his decision to go that route and to totally, potentially, try to take Europe. Because he's like, these are a bunch of of perverted devils. I'm doing them a favor. I want to cleanse this off the planet. Now, I'm not saying that's the way it's going to go down, but I'm saying that it could go down according to the research I'm seeing. Now, my comment on this... Okay, I just watched both videos, and this is what I had said to my listener, except actually I've expanded quite a bit of what I said. I just watched both videos. One was the video of... It was like a music video of this perverted devil... Um doing all of this, singing the Rise Like the Phoenix thing, you know, he's in a bathtub filled with rose petals, and seductively, you know, it's so disgusting. I mean, I mean it's so off the scale disgusting. And, and the dude's got a beard. I mean, it's just, it's almost laughable at the same time, because it's so off the hook, it's so, it's so out there. And yet it's being so lauded worldwide as this most wonderful thing and what a win and what a victory for all all the lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgendered crowd and oh, we've come a long way, baby, you know, that type of, of attitude. And I'm thinking, how far could God's judgment be off in the horizon? with this type of thing being so incredibly celebrated. And given this place of preeminence, when it is the thing that should we should be in sackcloth and ashes, ashamed that this could even transpire on planet Earth, collectively the world should be. Collectively, the world is 100% glorying in its shame. That's what they're doing. They're glorying in their shame. They're calling evil good and good evil. That's what they're doing. So, going further, I said... Uh, I watched both videos. I'm literally having a hard time not getting sick, and I mean that literally. It's always neat to see a really manly beard on a he/she transvestite abomination in high heels and butterfly eyelashes, trying in every other way to look like a woman. I mean that with sarcasm. 
of course. I have to throw some sarcasm in here, or I'll go crazy. Maybe if he ever shaved the beard, he could start doing a uh, Gillette razor commercials for transvestites. Because, I mean, there's a market there. Come on. That's a small market, I'll, I'll give you that, but it's a market, and Gillette might want to consider that as an option. Anyway, this whole androgynous, Luciferian, Baphomet image being worshipped by... This is the whole androgynous, Luciferian, Baphomet image being worshipped by the masses. What do I mean by that? What is androgynous? Having both, basically, male and female parts. All in one package, Okay? Hermaphrodites are like that, from a physiological standpoint, that's what they are, okay? In occult literature, you always see this being something that Satan once glorified and once worshipped. What is the image of the goat of Mendez, or Baphomet? The goat-headed god with uh, women's breasts, and I'm sure probably both... You know, male and female reproductive organs, of course, I'm not saying it always would be portrayed that way, but I'm sure in its purest form it would be. It's androgynous. It's neither male nor female, but they're an amalgamation of both. It is unnatural. It is an abomination. It is sick. And this is why this, this is so important for Satan, to get people that look like this out into public. And... You listen to the interview of this thing, and it's like, oh, just, you know, real feminine and real, like, trying to come off as pleasant as humanly possible, wanting everyone to love it. And people fawn over him. I mean, just praising and glorifying, and it's exactly what Satan wants. And... He has the audacity to say, I'm doing, I'm not doing anyone any harm by wearing this beard. By putting out this image. Oh, yes, you are. Oh, yes, you are. Because of this exact dynamic that I just discussed. It is calling what Satan would want is for us to love perversion. To, and the more sick and depraved and evil, the better. And we're getting to that point now where it's so sick, depraved, and evil... It just defies logic. You can't even process it in your mind anymore. And particularly when you see hundreds of thousands of people just go nuts over this to glorify it. I mean, these sick, deluded fans in the crowd are just insanely obsessed with this abomination. The term rise like a phoenix is one of the main themes of the coming New World Order. So Satan is accomplishing multiple things with a performer and a performance like this. This is the whole thing of the New World Order. Where does the New World Order come from? Well, it comes from the ashes of the Old World Order. Out of the ashes of the Old World Order is going to rise like a phoenix the New World Order. We're going to go from the age of Aquarius, or the age of Pisces, into the age of Aquarius. The coming New World Order. And a devil like this is just the vehicle to announce that and to usher that abomination in. On a spiritual level, I don't even know what took place as a result of this thing being winning this competition. It's like mass witchcraft. I mean, really, we don't even know. 
from a witchcraft standpoint, what actually transpired as a result of this. We don't really know. Who knows? I only shudder to think. Because I view this like mass witchcraft. I do believe that there was a lot of that behind this. Now, there's also a lot of other occult things going on in the video, really both videos, you know, as well. If you look at it, she's wearing like a dress that looks like a, a fish, which is like you could look like that, like Dagon, um, the fish god. And there's a lot of other sexually suggestive things going on. I cannot believe what I just witnessed in the sheer amount of people in that second video. God's judgment cannot be far off, and Sodom and Gomorrah are reminders of that. And we're going to talk about that more at length in a little bit here. Okay, so let's move on here, because I've got a lot to cover today. Now, the next thing, the two main reports on Drudge right now. If you go up on Judge right now, which I don't recommend, you're going to see this guy, okay, this black guy, who is a really, really talented athlete out of Missouri, okay, uh, college football player. Looks like he like he finally got drafted, okay, and I think it was because he's like a hot potato, not a lot of people, not a lot of the NFL places. I mean, can you imagine the dynamic in the locker room? You have some openly gay guy come in there, and you're like, these guys are showering in front of this dude or whatever, which I don't agree with that anyway. I don't, I don't agree with getting naked in front of other guys. Period. I never have. Even when I was unsaved, I thought it was wrong. You know what I mean? Like the whole locker room dynamic. I don't like it. Okay? Um, I'm not saying that locker rooms, but in and of themselves, when there's like open showers in your life. And I mean, it's a very, very homosexual type environment. There's no, no way you could convince me otherwise of that. Okay? If you got walls up between when you're taking a shower, it's one thing. Okay? But, ugh, anyway. You got this openly gay guy openly, you're telling me that's not going to, and I don't agree with the NFL, I don't agree with the whole worshipping the sports god thing and then making all these millions and all the, the unbelievable distraction that it brings to humanity. I don't even watch the NFL. I mean, occasionally I watch part of a game or something once in a while, like maybe like two or three times like every like decade at this point. I can't stand it. I can't stand what it represents. Because I know of the distraction that it's actually all about. It's all about getting our eyes off, like, stuff like that we're covering today, off Jesus Christ, and on to this just perverted, debauched system. And you're going to be seeing this more and more and more openly gay players coming out and, you know, having forcing all of these teams to openly accept their agenda in the locker room with other guys. That's the reality of this. That's what this is all about. If you go up on Drudge right now, you'll see him kissing his white gay lover on the lips, and it looks like they've got cake on their face because they must have celebrated with a little bit of, of cake, and then they kissed... I mean, why... I don't even have that image on here. I've got pictures of this Conchita Worst, if you want to see the bearded wonder in this. But I, I can't do that. with When gay guys kiss gay guys, I, I can't even stand to look at it. It's so gross. It is so vile. It is so wrong on so many levels. And it's the, it's the lead pitcher right now in Drudge. I don't want that shoved down my throat. I really don't. 
Michael Sam became the first openly gay player to be drafted by the National Football League Saturday and publicly celebrates by kissing his gay lover. Headlines read, Michael Sam risked everything. Oh, he really did. He risked everything because he came out of the closet, right? And, and then it says, and we all won because he risked everything. I know my life is going to be so much better now that this gay devil came out of the closet because it was a win for me, it was a win for all my listeners, and it was a win for humanity. I'm sure we can all agree on that point, right? We, we, we didn't win. Humanity collectively lost. The more that this becomes more accepted, the more it becomes more the norm, the more it's shoved down our throat. We lose collectively every time that happens. Because society continues to degrade and become more perverted and debauched. And that's not a win-win for anybody. But they have the audacity to say, Michael, Sam risked everything and we all won. History will look back at today as the moment professional sports changed forever. Well, true, I agree with the last part. Changed for the worst. Former NFL offensive lineman Roman Oban weighed in by saying, um, oh, this is so disgusting. He weighed in by saying, watching Michael Sam kiss his partner on national TV with my 12-year-old son was a very teachable moment for him and for me as a parent. You know, dude, you're no better than the gay guy the gay guys kissing one another. You're no better. You're enabling this behavior. You're, you're teaching your 12-year-old son that this is a teachable moment and, and a good thing. What kind of sad excuse for a human being are you? But I'm sure in his mind he feels like he's really with it and, and really, really, you know, come a long way. You should be teaching your 12-year-old son that that is an absolute abomination. And that they're both going to hell unless they repent and get saved. That's what you should be teaching your 12-year-old son. What, what a sick, deluded devil would say something like that. But, conversely, another NFL player in Twitter got in trouble... Because you can't say anything against the gays anymore. The more that this stuff gets glorified, the less and less and less you'll be able to say. What I'm doing today is like supposedly the worst thing you could possibly ever do. I don't care. I don't care. They want to come and if they want to lop off my head or do whatever, you know what? That's up to God. Number one, they got to get through God first. To get to me. If, they, if God so lets that happen and I end up going to heaven... Praise God. I can't keep my mouth shut about this stuff. I am not going to keep my mouth shut about wickedness. I've been doing this since, I think, like 2006, 2007, and I'm not going to stop unless something stops me. Unless God lets something stop me. NFL player on Twitter got in trouble by saying, OMG, horrible. In reaction to Michael Sam being drafted. 
And I don't say the other because I think I'm all big and bad and then I'm all, like, whatever. It's just that we're called to reprove the unfruitful works of darkness. In order to reprove something, you have to expose it. And that's what I'm trying to do here. This tweet from um, an NFL player's last name is Jones was enough to catch the attention of Dolphins. In other words, this guy said, OMG, horrible. In other words, this team drafting Missouri. Because why did he say that? Probably because he knows what's going to, the dynamic in their locker room will never be the same. Openly gay guy in the locker room. Okay? Who would want that if you were straight? Nobody. Okay? Jones' tweet was enough to catch the attention of Dolphins' general manager. Oh, see, every NFL team has the thought police now, too. Because they're working in conjunction with Homeland Security, and they are. And they're, you know, doing all of the stuff now. A, a lot of these games, a lot of the things that are very similar in the airports to get you used to the Nazi behavior, you know, of, you know, the... Um, the pat-downs and the scans and all the other garbage you have to go through. I mean, I heard to go to the Super Bowl this year was like, you know, you might as well just, you know, give up all your rights and, and, and agree to have them do whatever they want to do in order to get in so you can see the Devil Bowl. I mean, the Super Bowl, sorry. But this was, his tweet was enough to catch the attention of Dolphins general manager Dennis Hickey. He said, quote, I was made aware of it, and I was disappointed in those comments. Oh, my, my, my. So the guy has no more, we don't have any more right to say, we have no more First Amendment at all. He says, OMG, horrible. That's it, okay? He doesn't do any gay bashing. He doesn't do, he doesn't say anything more than that. The guy's being honest. I commend him for that. He, this, this devil... Dolphins general manager, Dennis Hickey, the Lord Jesus Christ rebuke you devil, says, I was made aware of it. I was disappointed in those comments. Then he says, that's not what we stand for as an organization. Why don't you start waving rainbow flags and start, you know, flying them from all around the stadium and put a, put it on the, uh, put a little rainbow flag on the uh, helmet that's on the dolphin, on, on the helmets, you know? Why not just do that? They probably will eventually. The draft weekend... <clears throat> he goes on to say the, the draft weekend is accumulation for so many players, a culmination for so many players. Their lifetime achievement of their dream to achieve a goal uh, for Michael Sam and all the other players. It's a celebration. It's a great thing for the league. In other words, this openly gay player being drafted is a celebration. A celebration of debauchery and evil and perverseness? Yeah, that kind of celebration. And it's a great thing for the league. Yeah, right. Hickey also said the team plans to, quote, sit down with Don Jones and address the comments. Oh, boy. And handle it appropriately. Hey, big brother's coming. You better conform. You better conform. You better do exactly what they say is the message being sent here. He'll probably get, I don't know, I mean, 30 days in the electric chair. Oh, and then maybe gut shoot him a few times, go after his family. How dare he say something like this? You know? Next report, Miley Cyrus. This was just, this is the also, there's three, the three literal um, lead reports right now on Drudge 
are these three things I just covered. And it's just for today. Miley Cyrus cracks gay date rape joke during a club appearance. Okay, so this is Miley Cyrus' advocation for sex, drugs, and everything else has crossed the line again. Uh, I mean, this this little devil, I mean, she's just an absolute total tool of Satan, you know, in a female body. She is just pure evil. My, Cyrus was performing at the legendary G.A.Y. Club, Gay Club, nightclub in London, when she brought a friend out on stage to wish him a happy birthday. In discussing her friend's sexuality, Cyrus remarks, quote, You know, everybody's a little gay. <laughs> I'm not, Miley. I got news for you. I'm not. But she says, everyone's a little bit gay. It's the truth. No, it's not, you fork-tongued devil. She says, everyone's gay. All it takes is one cocktail. One cocktail, Miley Cyrus says. Just to get somebody to, to for their true colors to come out, for them to come out of the closet, and for them to truly, you know, show that you're a homosexual or bisexual or whatever. And then she goes on to say, and if that doesn't work, sprinkle something into their drink. That's what I always do, end of quote. In other words, put some GHB or some other date rape drug into their drink, get them into an altered state of consciousness, and then get them to pass out or or where they're not even they don't even remember what's going on, and then have your way with them. Female on female, guy on guy. That's what she says. This is the message. This I don't even know what she is. She's so evil. And this is the person that a lot of little girls have been following since childhood, whenever she was on Hannah Montana. This is the way Hollywood always structures things. They take these Disney stars, or whatever they are, and they try to put some type of whatever innocence, semi-wholesomeness, of course, I don't think Hannah Slatana was anything wholesome, I'm sorry. And then then they really, once they get past a certain age, then they really pump up their agenda and have all of these same people that are now growing up with this person follow them and follow in their footsteps and condone this wicked, evil, debauched behavior. The off-color comment follows her bizarre rant earlier this week where she told her audience to quit smoking cigarettes and start smoking weed, pot, okay? Because it helps you get, uh, I'm not going to say the word, but um, helps you get into bed with someone else. It's the slang way of saying it, okay? This is Miley Cyrus here, okay? Um, and this is what she stands for. Let's go further. Now, you can see my teachings on this subject. Uh, I'll give you two different links here. Uh, it's going to be on page, I don't know, three or four, when it's all said and done, once I get the table of contents in there. And when I post something or when I say something on the teachings, it's in green. So it kind of stands out if you're just scanning one of the PDFs. Today's PDF is going to be probably about 19 pages. 
And um, but that's one of the ways if I actually post something in a PDF, you can you can kind of identify it quickly. Let's look at the whole, and, and this is a brief synopsis of a lot of different points on the whole homosexual, bisexual, gay, lesbian, transgendered agenda. Let's look at some real statistics. Let's look at some real facts about these movements. I'm not going to go into any super great depth, but I'm going to touch on a lot of different things to see if this wonderful, wonderful lifestyle being just so shoved down our throats is what it's all cracked up to be. Okay? First report, homosexual, bisexual men, 50 times more likely to have HIV. This is according to the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control, which, I mean, you know, is pure evil. And they're even admitting to this. The average lifespan of the male homosexual is only 39 years old. 39. Okay? Research by the Family Research Institute of Colorado has discovered that the average lifespan of the male homosexual is only 39 years. Where 80% of married men live past the age of 65. Wow. It's only 26 years difference there. There's, I'm sure there's no correlation to, you know, the wicked not living out, you know, their days and the wicked being struck down and all those Bible verses where it talks about that. No, I'm, I'm sure there's, there's no correlation there whatsoever. I'm sure there's no correlation to the whole concept of reaping what you sow, you know, sowing wickedness and, you know, I'm sure there's not. Anyway, um, only 2% of homosexuals live past the age of 65, 2%. of married men do, though. And these aren't even 80% of, like, married, born-again, Bible-believing remnant Christians. Who would... That statistic would probably be a lot... Even more. 2%. The average homosexual lifespan is 39? 39. And probably dropping more by the day as they become more and more wicked. And there's a chart that goes into all of this. I give you the link to it. FRI found that sodomites, listen to this, were 116 times more apt to be murdered. That has nothing to even do with with a sexually, well, maybe it does. Maybe you give somebody AIDS and they come back and they kill you. 116, it doesn't say percent. It says times. Times. Not percent, times. That's 116 times more apt to be murdered. 24 times more apt to commit suicide. Why? Because they're all so gay and happy, which is what the word gay means. That's why they commandeered the word. They're gay. They're so gay that they commit suicide 24 more times than other people do. Because they're all so happy. And they're so happy with the way their life ends up turning out. Because it always turns out good. No, it doesn't. I don't know any gay sodomite guy whose life ever turns out good. They died peacefully. In a happy, happy state. doesn't work that way. By the end of their life, they're so full of devils. And so full of diseases, typically. And totally alone. Because they've, you know, lost any... Um, attractiveness to other gay people who are very persnickety about that type of thing. 
they die alone or or like in a hospital bed because of AIDS or whatever other diseases they've contracted. It's a proven fact. And these statistics are just proof of that. They had, listen to this, they had traffic accident death rates 18 times the rate of comparably aged white males. Traffic accidents. See, you could say one thing. You could say, well, you know, the 116 times more apt to be murdered, maybe they're going around giving each other HIV and they tend to kill one another. And that does happen. Sure, it's not reported in the news, but it does happen. The guy that originally spread AIDS, that after that was given to all of the gay male populations in Chicago and New York and San Francisco through the Hep B vaccine, I believe in 1978, which our government created. Um, and if you don't believe that, just go up there and key in um, AIDS and then Dr. Horowitz, the origin of AIDS or just AIDS. And he found all the documentation through uh, this Dr. Gallo. Anyway, um, one of the main guys that ever spread it was this, evidently, this really, really, like, he was like the man or whatever, like like the, the total gay package or whatever, I guess. And he was a stewardess on one of these jetliners. And he must have got the vaccine back then, and he went and he had, like, he was like, you know, he, he would make an alley cat blush, this guy, okay? And would have all of these sexual relations with all these guys, and he was literally going all over the world spreading AIDS to them. You know? Who who knows as far as the 116 times more have to be murdered thing? Okay? Exactly why and all the circumstances surrounding that. But um, when you get into a traffic death rate 18 times the rate of comparably aged white men, you have to start thinking God's judgment. You know what I mean? I mean, you could blame, you know, certain things for certain things, but a traffic accident death rate? Why? It's God's judgment. They're reaping what they sow. You sow wickedness, you're going to reap wickedness. And when you sow a seed... Whatever comes from that seed is always much bigger than the seed you sowed, right? I mean, look at an oak tree. The seed's little, but oak trees get pretty big. Heart attacks, cancer, and liver failure were exceptionally common as well. 20% of lesbians, because we don't want to leave them out, 20% of lesbians died of murder, suicide, or accident. At a rate, get this, 487 times, not percent, times higher than that of white females aged 25 to 44. Lesbians died of murder, suicide, or accident 487 times higher than that of white females aged 25 to 44. Hey, it's only 487 times. I mean, it's just an anomaly, right? Just a coincidence. I mean, if it was 487%, you would say, wow, that's a pretty huge difference. No, 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 no. This is 487 times that rate. I mean, we're talking off the scale here, statistically. Oh, I'm sure there's nothing to it. I'm sure that God winks at sin and he doesn't, Ah, 
whatever. You're just being an old fuddy-duddy. You're just being a religious fanatic. <laughs> you know, these are these are statistics that have been carefully determined. And they're so far off the scale, I mean... But, you know, I'm sure there's nothing to any of it. I'm, I'm sure it's just one big coincidence. Anyway, let's go further here. Um, Job 4.8 says, Even as I have seen, they that plow iniquity, plow iniquity, and sow wickedness. When you sow a seed, you put it in the ground. You plow the field first, and then you sow it with seed. Okay? Okay? They will reap the same. So they that plow iniquity and sow wickedness reap the same. This is a good example of these statistics that we're citing. Then the next verse of Job, Job 4.9, By the blast of God they perish. It's God's judgment. And by the breath of his nostrils are they consumed. It's God's judgment. See, God has a really big problem with this lifestyle. With the whole gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender lifestyle. God has a really big problem. See, my, my opinion of all of this is irrelevant. You can call me a homophobic bigot. I really don't care. What does God think? Okay? He has a really big problem with this. And the thing is, is you could say, well, yeah, but there's no judgment on, on the homosexuals. It's obvious there's not. Oh, really? 116 times more apt to be murdered? 24 times more apt to commit suicide? Traffic death rates of 18 times the rate of comparably aged white males? Lesbians dying of murder, suicide, and accident 485 times higher, 487 times higher than that of white females aged 25 to 44? That's just my, that's just my bigoted homophobic mind at work though. No, those are those are actual statistics that have been ferreted out. You know. Psalm 37.38 says, But the transgressors shall be destroyed together, and the end of the wicked shall be cut off. Psalm 101 verse 8, I will destroy all the wicked of the land that I may cut off all wicked doers from the city of the Lord. That's their future. Unless they repent and get saved. That is their future. In their website, and this is a link to it, FRI details the disgusting and unsanitary sexual practices that contribute to this early death sentence. The outing of the homosexual lifestyle in our culture has unleashed over 50 sexually transmitted diseases. AIDS is just one of them. 50. Because of their sick, disgusting lifestyle and what they do with one another. And it defiles the land. And we'll get to those verses later. Now, this is a listener comment from a, from a listener of mine in Uganda. Her name's Hope. Cool name. Listener comment. Huge victory against homosexuality in Uganda. I was waiting for when I should amalgamate this listener comment into one of my teachings, and this was the perfect spot right here. 
Hi, Dr. Scott. I wanted to share a huge victory we've just won as Christians in Uganda. Please see the links below. The president finally refused to sign the bill in favor of homosexuality after Christians rallied by gathering a group of 40 men who were former homosexuals. These men met the president in private. Okay, so the president of Uganda agrees to meet with 40 guys who were former homosexuals in private. This is unbelievable, this story. This is amazing. This was arranged by the main clergy in parliament. Get this. All of these men were wearing pampers. Meaning they were wearing adult diapers. 40 of these guys. They all had all kinds of unnatural illnesses. They met the president and told him how deplorable their conditions were. And the very dangers of passing a bill in favor of gay people due to international pressure. Because all countries in the world are being pressured internationally, primarily by the United States a lot of the times, to pass these pro-homosexual bills. This is the United States spreading the wealth, you know, because it's the government's so wonderful. After the meeting, these men... After meeting these men, the president refused to sign the bill, but instead passed a new law against homosexuality. God has done it for us. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Man, I read that and I was like fired up. I'm like, are you kidding me? Then, as I went and researched this today, because I, it really took me to literally today to get to it, I was just blown away at what I found. This is all factual. This is all international news. You're not going to see it on CNN. But I found all the, all the stories relating to this stuff. First one, Uganda's president, Yuwuri Museveni, says gays can unlearn what they have learned. This is the president. This is the guy that met with the 40 guys in, in male diapers. In, in male adult diapers. Okay, now, I'm not going to get into the reason they all had to wear diapers. But I'm sure that you could probably figure it out if you think on that just a little bit. I don't want you to defile your mind, but uh, yeah, it's really, really debased and disgusting why they'd have to wear diapers. Anyway, the Ugandan president told a crowd this week that he signed a harsh anti-gay bill because being gay is a choice. He said, quote, it's not genetic, it's not congenital, it's a behavior that's why I said, this is their president saying this. This is why I said I'm not going to sign the bill. Because I'm convinced with the available information, he had, they was shown scientific reports on this, uh, that these people are not born like that. They just learn. And they can unlearn what they have learned. Here's, the, and to that, I wanted, and here's an actual picture of him speaking. Uh, I tried, there's a lot of pictures in this teaching. I haven't really been talking about them, but. It's through the PDF. Anyway, here's another thing that bolsters this, and it's entitled Homosexual Urban Legends, the whole thing about being born gay. One of the most persistent and culturally damaging homosexual urban legends is the erroneous claim by homosexual activists that they are, quote, born gay, or that their sexual orientation emerges in early adolescence and is fixed unchangeable. Now, to this I will say, a caveat, it is a proven fact that when you interview homosexuals, and I really believe this would apply to the whole lesbian, gay, transgender, bisexual crowd, that the most common 
common denominator among them all is being raped, sexually abused by same-sex, typically relative, at an early age. Aleister Crowley said it when he talked about saying the highest you know, human sacrifice is a small male child, and what we do is basically, you know, that that appeases Satan the most. We get the most power from this. We want to defile the child because Satan wants us to defile the child. And when we sodomize a same-sex boy, we're literally implanting devils into him. Now, none of this information covers what I just said just then. None of it. And I think that's the main factor. And that is an unbelievable travesty. And if that's the case, I can understand how... Some of these people could get saved because God could look down and say, you know what, you were abused by, I mean, I know you're, you're debauched in your lifestyle now, but it's literally the devil's living in you because you had this happen to you at an early age and it wasn't your fault. So I can understand how God could have mercy on a gay person and for them to come out of that lifestyle and actually get saved. It doesn't happen a lot. But I can't understand how God could have mercy on that. I mean, can you imagine your little child and you freak and you you get you get raped by uh, like a little boy gets raped by his uncle or his dad or something? It's not his fault. So again, I'm trying to balance here, and we should pray for them that they get saved. I don't want to see them go to hell, but I sure don't want them going around perpetuating the behavior that they, that got them into this in the first place. In other words, a little boy that grows up who was molested at a very early age, and then he grows up and becomes a pedophile himself and starts molesting other little boys. I don't want that person to continue in that behavior. It would be better if God took them out, if they won't repent. And I don't really ever see pedophiles getting saved, I'm sorry. I think you've crossed the line there. Okay, so, and then I'm going to add to that. I'm going to add another dimension to that. Okay, so I want to add a couple things in here that aren't covered in this report. You have a lot of things being done in society to feminize men. Okay? This is something I've been wanting to touch on for a while. The whole feminization of men. You've got the BPA, the bisphenol A, in the plastic bottles. Whether it's a water bottle, whether it's... uh, uh, some juice you buy in a plastic bottle, whether it's whatever you consume out of plastic. If you're microwaving things in plastic, that's the worst thing you can do because it's literally leaching right into the food. And microwaves are horrific and they destroy the food and destroy the nutrient content and uh, just it's they're horrific. You shouldn't be using them. But um, I know toaster ovens aren't as convenient, but you know what? They're way better for you. So. And you should be, like, using glass as much as you can, or, or ceramics, or stainless steel, or, or these types of, of cooking materials. Anyway, the BPA and the plastics, and they also put it on the receipts. Now, different receipts have different levels of BPA. I think, like, CVS Pharmacy is, like, the worst, okay? Uh, they're doing this on purpose. The New World Order is doing this on purpose to hyper-feminize Particularly men. I think that's one of their main targets. Yeah, it totally wreaks havoc on a woman's endocrine system as well, okay? But when they can hyper-feminize men, you're taking away the component of society that would 
have the highest likelihood of fighting back against the New World Order, of fighting back against Satan. A hyper-feminized man who, let's say, is born again, saved, but he's getting all of these feminizing chemicals, is probably not going to do a whole lot for God. You know what I mean? Even if you, even if he was saved. And I'm not talking about homosexual. I'm talking about he didn't, couldn't help it. He was getting all of these chemicals. He didn't know otherwise. He was doing no detoxification. And he's, he's getting these feminizing, and I'm not saying he's gay, okay? I'm saying though that they're going to take the steam out of a man. Okay? It's like the opposite of giving somebody testosterone, which is the male hormone that kind of gives you that desire to be masculine or to fight back against evil. And I'm not saying we should go around punching people in the face or something like that either. I'm saying obviously if you're if you're a, a Christian, you need to have all that under control. But a man is a man and a woman is a woman. What are we what what is the goal of the New World Order here? To blend to make this androgynous culture where you've got fail, uh, male and female attributes being combined. What was the bearded lady on stage? A guy with a beard that any guy would, would like say, hey man, that guy can really grow a, a nice, tight, thick beard, you know? With stiletto heels and butterfly eyelashes with a body that looked like a little petite feminine woman. What is that? It's this androgynous, befomit hermaphrodite-like thing that Satan wants all of us to become. Why? Because it's a perversion of God's creation. We are created in God's image. God made them male and female. Not Adam and Steve, Adam and Eve. That's why he wants this to happen. So they put bisphenol A in the the plastics, and that's one thing they're doing. There's all kind of synthetic, there's, there's a particular synthetic B vitamin that also reduces massively sperm count, which is, is accounting for a lot of the infertility. There's all kind of stuff they're doing that's creating infertility in people. Why? Because they want to depopulate the planet. They want to get it down to 500 million, according to the first commandment of the New World Order. The Georgia Guidestone says it. 500 million. It's only like, you know, a 95 to 90% reduction in current world levels. Not too big of a reduction there, you know. <laughs> So all of this is all by design. They're doing all of these different... There's all kind of things in the vaccinations that are causing infertility as well and causing lowered sperm count, lower testosterone count, messing up the estrogen and the progesterone levels in women. All of this is being done by design. So that's another aspect to this that... Um, and again, this is why the Bible says my children are destroyed for lack of knowledge, according to Hosea 4.6. And because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, and thou, thou shalt be no priest to me no more, and I will also reject thy children. we got to be really careful what knowledge we're rejecting, because we're literally living in the time that the Bible talks about in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, where it says God shall send them strong delusion. The, all the stuff I'm talking about is part of the strong delusion. I'm not saying God's the author of it, but he's allowing it to be sent because as the world becomes more wicked, that he's God's just withdrawing his hand more and more and saying, you know what, if you want it, go at it, have at it. Here you go. I'll let you live in a sewage pit if that's what you want. And that's where we're coming to. 
God shall send them strong delusion that they will believe a lie, that they might all be damned who received not the love of the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. So you got people walking around saying, ah, you know, there's nothing to any of this, and 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 I don't care. I'll drink out of plastics and I'll I'll wallow in the receipts and and I'll I'll take all my vaccines and I'll take all my drugs and I'll do whatever I want to do and I'll embrace the gay agenda. You are telling God that I love unrighteousness. I will wallow in it. You can expect damnation according to the Bible in that regard. Now, ultimately, rejecting Jesus Christ is what gets people into hell. I'm not trying to blur the lines there. But there's a lot of things that may lead up to that. I mean, somebody that's doing all these things, somebody that's that's just embracing unrighteousness, there's a pretty low likelihood they're going to want to get saved. You know? I mean, come on. Then, there, then there's the spiritual component that goes along with that. So, that's, I mean, Taylor has a couple girlfriends at a local Christian school. And the other night they had their prom. On at least one occasion... There were three guys, three guy couples. They didn't go there together. They brought dates to, you know, keep up appearances. But there were three teenage boy couples dancing with each other on the dance floor in a slow dance. Close. Not like, you know, arms extended. No, close. At a local Christian school. I'm not making this stuff up. The boys, these teenage boys, I've seen so many of them, I've been introduced to some of them. Just locally, you meet people and stuff. I cannot tell you how many are effeminate. And I'm not saying all of them are like full-blown gay. But they sure look like they're moving in that direction. I mean, they've got the effeminate mannerisms, the voice, the, one of those things, you know, you kind of look at something, you're like, are they gay? You know, you kind of think, you know, I am seeing it more and more and more. I've heard things about local guys, some of these guys on the local football teams, making out with one another. What? I'm sorry, but I mean, I graduated in 87, and that stuff didn't, I mean, if it went on, it went on. I'm talking so far behind closed doors, you would have never even heard of it. Now it's just commonplace. I, I mean, are, are you kidding me? Yeah, boys making out with one another. Boys dancing with one another at slow dances at prom. Close. Not like some funny little thing like, oh, look at us, we're just kidding around. I'm telling you, this is the world we're living in right now. So, anyway, I wanted to, I just wanted to talk about that for a sec, because I'm seeing it more and more and more. And then, you know, I, I, I go to the Drudge Report this morning, and it's like, you know, the three main stories are about this glorification of this wickedness. I mean, it is Sodom and Gomorrah right in your face. And then I look at, I look at the, the, the crop of, of current boys that are teenage boys and and it's like man uh you know i know and i'm going to get into some statistics they're saying 3.8 percent of if you combine gays i'm talking homosexual bisexual transgender 
people. It they're saying it's like three point eight percent. I'm sorry. I'm seriously starting to see that start to go like through the roof. And it's a combination of all these different things. Devils, I believe, is the main thing that drives this. Abuse of same-sex people at an early age. Like I said, the biggest common denominator. Okay? But then you have the chemical aspect of it. The BPA. All of the other things they're doing. In the environment. In the plastics. In, in the, all of these other things to hyper-feminize men. And, and, and to mess up women's endocrine systems, which would probably um, lead them more to be with a lesbian uh, orientation there. You know? And all of these different factors are adding up to create, I think, we're really going to see this. I mean, hey, let's, let's think about it. And I'm going to get into this. In, in Sodom and Gomorrah, when it talks about that, and I'm going to go over those verses today, it said that all the men... Every one of them in the city were gay. Other than maybe Job's sons and daughters. Well, then we're approaching 100%. How did that happen? Well, devils, primarily. But now, today, you have other things that are even going to accentuate that with the chemicals and things of this nature. I'm not saying it's ever going to get that bad. But (laughs) it wasn't Lot's day in that particular city. Um, I'm just going to go over this next part because I already started it and then I'm going to stop. I know I'm, I'm over time on this thing. Uh, anyway, one of the most persistent and culturally damaging homosexual urban legends is the erroneous claim by homosexual activists that they are born gay or that their sexual orientation emerges in early adolescence and is fixed and unchangeable. One or both of these urban legends has been perpetuated by not only the homosexual activist groups, which is like, you know, the the fox guarding the hen house, but by organizations like the American Psychological Association or the American Psychiatric Association, which whenever you get into psychology uh, or, or particularly psychiatry, you're dealing with some of the most wicked, corrupt, evil factions of the medical profession that you can deal with. Highest suicide rate of any doctor psychiatrists, you know, giving drugs which which infuse you with more devils, particularly if they're mind-altering, um, in order to treat a, a, a demonic problem. It does not work, okay? Or, or a problem that's purely nutritional, meaning they've got some mega imbalance of, of, of particular nutrients in their body, and they're treating it with drugs and supposed, like, Freudian garbage secular therapy. It's, it's garbage. It's, it's just lies. It's just part of Satan's agenda. <clears throat> One of the most compelling articles to dispel the notion that homosexuality is genetically determined, fixed, and unchangeable is, it's called, The Innate Immutable Argument Finds No Basis in Science in Their Own Words. Gay activists speak about science, morality, and philosophy by doctors uh, A. Dean Bird. Shirley Cox, and Jeffrey W. Robinson. The essay is published on the National Association for Research and Therapy of Homosexual website. Now, I give you links to all this if you want to explore it. Okay, The authors of this study carefully quote a number of homosexual researchers who have worked for years to locate a cert- the, 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 holy, the unholy grail gay gene. 
They're trying to locate the gauging. Because if they could locate the gauging, they could say, see? It's all hardwired in. We can't help that we're gay. We're queer. Okay? We can't help it. Or some other genetic basis for homosexuality. They have failed. Okay? These are homosexual researchers that have come to this conclusion. Even they can't drum up, trump up some garbage study to prove a gay gene. They failed and are now admitting that such evidence may never be found. There you go. Then, in ending this, there's a couple, few more links that you can go to. Homosexuality, homosexuality 101, a primer, which provides a brief history of the homosexual movement in the U.S. and its roots in Marxist ideology. This paper describes how homosexuals terrorize the psychiatric community and have created a market strategy to vilify their opponents. The next link is entitled Homosexual Propaganda Based on Hitler's Big Lie Technique. And then the last one, Traditional Values Coalition, exposes the homosexual agenda. There's a wealth of information in these links if you want to know more about this whole disproving the whole gay gene, we're, we're born this way garbage. Okay, so I'm going to end part one here, and we will go to part two next. God bless you. Scott Johnson's 800-plus audio teachings and PDF documents are available for free 24-7 on the Internet at contendingfortruth.com. That's contending for for truth T-R-U-T-H.com. In addition, we also offer a free Christian current event and health email newsletter. You can sign up at contendingfortruth.com. These email newsletters typically only generate about three to six emails per month if you subscribe to both lists. Please prayerfully help us to continue this work. For mail correspondence or to support this ministry, our mailing address is 2359 Highway 70 Southeast, box number 321 Hickory, North Carolina, 28602. Or on the internet, a PayPal donation link can be found at contendingfortruth.com. Thank you, and may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.